a black man, in my opinion, this podcast's opinion is only healthy as the weakest part of himself. And only as courageous as the fears that mentally enslaves him. Approximately four years ago, on September 18th, I released my very first podcast episode entitled Precondition to Fail. And I invite you to go back to the very first episode and hear it in its entirety. Not the snippets I produced over the pit time period, but the original episode, Raw, Straight from the Heart. Because it ties into directly with this episode, which is entitled Black Men Mental Health, Our Opportunities, Our Generational Traumas, Our Opportunities. I'm approaching this as a layperson, and I've included a resource in the text of this podcast episode for anyone willing to face the fears, to be anyone willing to be courageous enough to face the fears that mentally enslaves him. This podcast is directed primarily to black men. There's this resource I've given National Alliance on Mental Health is a resource for anyone, regardless of race, demographic, gender, any individual. However, as a black man who was taught and convinced that he was preconditioned to fail at anything he attempted, I'm approaching this from the aspect of a black man. Someone's said to me on a business encounter that we we all are conditioned to a certain degree to fail. A man an individual who was not a person of color that generationally men such as myself since the founding of this nation regardless of some are choosing or trying to rewrite its history or how rewritten its history we have been the ones that have been the only in a communal way condition, preconditioned to fail. We have been beat mentally, emotionally, physically at times. So it's an ongoing conditioning. In spite of our successes as black men, from the founding of this nation, whether we came out of slavery, for, against slavery, someone said, well, why do you keep going back there? Those are things of the past. The past is directly related to how we stand even now as individual black men. Our state of mental being. I, for one, I use ourselves as a prime example of this. And I finally come to accept a lot of decisions I have made in life on every level have been directly connected to my poor mental health state in one form or another. I've seen some of the things I was sharing with other individuals other black men who in my opinion, we're in denial. Because we're so supposed to be able to rise up anything. After all, we're the ones who in 
part of this country's history, United States of America's history, work the fields or care for master's needs. We're the ones who were brought here and bred to be the force of labor. We're the ones who were for so long, even as it was written in the Constitution, not full considered to be fuel human be being human beings. We the ones, we were the ones. And that generational trauma is still there. From that, you may say, well, Alfred, how so? I say it in the context of our his history, where many of us have risen to great accolades and accomplished a lot, and we have fought and pushed back. In the general population, even now, today, our lives are not valued by those who are sworn to serve and protect. And yes, I went there. Yes, I went there. The systematic racism is real. We go back to the slavery period. We come up to the Jim Crow era where there's been laws that have, were written. And even now, our rights have been threatened. Watch the video today where they interviewed this white gentleman who had all this Nazi stuff and support President so what performing President Trump stuff and all this other stuff. I was speaking, he was going great in the interview. And, and it was going good until he made a statement that at the rate we we're going, we white people will be the minority. And the interviewer who was a person of color said, well, you're speaking to someone who is currently part of the minority. At which point he flipped out, he started cursing, he started screaming, he went well, the interview was over. He was gonna say, Well, how did this play into this episode? It plays into it in the context that the people of color in general have had we have had our mental health shifted to the worst in many ways by the treatments we have received in this country. And yes, many of us have risen above it. We've faced our mental demons and we have become overcomers in so many aspects of the world. We have broken some of the chains. The societal chains have a long ways to go. The chains they keep wanting to throw on us, though we may not be actually shackled, the weights that we placed upon us where our lives are not valued, where we have to have certain talks with our children, our sons, our daughters. Where it seems like in this political arena, even now, we are being played as pawns to a certain degree. However, we are as strong as men. I'm going back to the men part. It's the weakest part of ourselves. I think if others choose not to address the mental health side of their psyche, then they will definitely be broken. Continue to be broken in broken relationships. Relationships will continue to be challenged. I was married for 21 years. I got lost. I allowed myself to shelter and protect that marriage through religion. Through one of the most conservative religions on the planet. A religion that looks down on every other religion outside of itself. Much the same as evangelicals are doing now. Much the same as those of the predominant white race is doing. And sadly, some of us are feeding into their beast, the bullshit, but the bullshit is real. They're not really for us, they're really against us, so they can subjugate us. That I'll get off the point. Because we have already been subjugated to a different level. I, for one, if you listen to my other episodes, realize that I would 
I got lost in the religion of Jehovah's Witnesses. The religion of the church wasn't, Christian black churches wasn't satisfying me. So I traded one jail for another jail. How you say what I call the black church in general a jail, a type of imprisonment. At the time, it wasn't addressing churches I was associated with, wasn't addressing the mental health side of things. And I applaud those churches, those leaders that are now saying we must deal with the whole person, the whole man, who acknowledge, who not only talking about our black history of black men and the, our women, but talking about the challenges faces us as black men even now, how we must progress and grow and face our demons, the symbolic demons. Yeah, but for those churches that are providing resources are pointing us to health care. The proper type of health care. So I glossed over, I hid myself inside of that. But scripture after scripture after scripture uh, as a student of the Bible, according to Jehovah's Witnesses, I try to work, walk out a so called biblically perfect life. And I draw that and I lost myself. And though there were articles that came out periodically in our publications that talked about mental health and different types of mental health, and they suggested, suggested to me to get some type of therapy. When it came down to the end of the day, much very similar what is taught in some churches, and I've seen it talked about on the Facebook platform when someone was talking about black men and mental health, the, where we went in the end of the day, it was like, God would fix it. The whole world would fix it. Then the church will, as one commentator said in that Facebook post, as we, I gauged him with the dialogue and I created the post on black men, mental illness, black men, mental health. He was like, Jesus will fix it. I gave my life to Jesus, and Jesus says, I am all things to all people. He will heal you of that which is broken. He will do all of this for you. So he's trusting exclusively in his Jesus. And that was his opinion. But it's the same way I trusted exclusively in my guidance of the organization to have the perfect life, the perfect family by applying scriptures. Same as so in that common thread, when I said about all of ourselves, there must be a approach. Black men, I hope a lot of black men catch this and pay attention to this. We must deal with all of ourselves as men. Not only the spiritual, but the mental, the physical, the emotional. I still struggle even now with the religious, spiritual side, religious slash spiritual side of things. I'm more open, but I'm also freer by being more open to no longer try to conform to a set of rules and guidelines created by some religious institution, regardless of its denomination. I'm more inclined to lean and listen to those that talk about healing and helping the whole person to heal, to grow, to become all that they were created to be. Yes, I believe that we are created. You have your choice, your opinion, but you believe in superior power or not, those of you who are listening to this. I believe the whole man must be treated. My trauma is real, y'all. I had a, a whole biological sister to pass this summer. I didn't feel safe attending her funeral. I had family members call me out for not going. I called them out and acknowledged that you have been abused, you have been molested, you have been hurt. And their answer was, you get over it. That's the past. They got to get over it, move on.
These types of generational traumas are real. And we as black folk, African Americans, don't always want to face up to this stuff. We choose to do as others have done and still do. We choose to get lost in the drinking, in the party, in the sports. We get lost in the drugs. We choose to get lost in everything. We choose to get lost in the religious aspect of Christianity more, the love of Christ, more than the love of Christianity, more than the love that Islam teaches, more than the love that other faiths teach. We choose to get lost in the doctrinal stuff and fail to understand the love associated with the teaching. For the love will drive, should drive you to healing, a healing path. Am I? Let's pass my scars. No. Like I said, I've had two to pass away. My same sister denied me the right to attend our mother our mother's funeral. I willingly chose not to attend hers because the phone call I received. And the way she talks but with me last time we spoke. Someone said, Well, you were weak. Mentally, you should have went. No, I wasn't weak. I was strong enough to say, no, I'm not going and not going to be attacked in a place of grief by those who would choose to attack. Those same ones who call my phone and say, we need to get over it. They have not sat down in therapy themselves to go deep and hear their own wounds associated with our personal family generational trauma of abuse, of neglect. As a black man standing and sharing with you that aspect of it, my life where I go back even to precondition to feel that same grandmother I talk, talked about in that episode. Though she's been dead and gone for years, her influence still reaches beyond the grave. My sister never really healed. I knew that the day I got the phone call saying she had died and the person on the end of the phone accused me, asked me, what kind of brother are you? You were here for her. The same cousins that reached out to me, but now my question to them was, where were you at? Where were the uncles at? Where were the protectors at for us when we were kids? Our mom did the best she could do, but she was mentally challenged. She was wounded herself. She was wounded the day she died. So yes, I'm a strong black man in so many ways, but I'm a strong black man that know that I need faith along with the works of seeking therapy or going into therapy as I am now. I know that it's not only a God thing, it's a medical thing to heal. I know that I'm in the best relationship in all of my life aside from the marriage and the safety net. There's no safety net here but the faith and the love in this relationship. I'm in love with a beautiful black woman who herself is strong, but yet she is vulnerable. We, we're now having tough conversations as we play at our wedding. I guess I go personal in my podcast. There's a text that was written by ancient proverbs that said, Iron by itself is, iron by iron itself is sharpened. I mean, I have a companion who sharpens me. One speaker ever said, you show me who your five friends are and I'll show what your future looks like. Those in my circle now, whether it's family or aunties or whomever, those, we are people who encourage healing on every level. We support each other. We love each other. We don't pass judgment upon each other. 
we acknowledge our past and we speak about our bright future for we are healing and growing and living every day so this podcast entails opportunities we have the opportunity now to to grow to blossom to spread our wings as black men and fly like an eagle Soar like no other bird can soar. We have the chance now to say, yes, we have issues related to our past, related to our communal past in this nation, and related to our personal past and our family circle. This opportunity is the one where we can courageously deal with the fears that enslave us and walk freely in contrast out of those fears. And accept that healing may never come of our scars. That, like physical scars heal on the surface, there's mental health scars that we never really truly heal. There are wounds inflicted upon us willingly, uh, intentionally, or unintentionally by religion, Christianity, or whoever your faith chose to be, things we may have chosen. But those wounds and scars affect our mentality, and we can move past that. But realize that, that there is good for that part of the word. God is a subject of the word good. Our faith can carry us. Our willingness to speak to a therapist can carry us. Our willingness to go down that rabbit hole of pain and come out on the other side like Alice in Wonderland and see the beauty of Wonderland. Our willingness to realize our ancestors survived the hot sun of fields. Our ancestors went through Jim Crow. Our ancestors marched on the George Pettus Bridge in the Civil Rights Movement. Our, our current Freedom fighters march with Black Lives Matter. We we have a collective unity of other races with us. You may say, Alfred, how does that go back to mental health? It connects directly because when there's community, community of positive energy, a community of positive movement, then we people move differently. I move differently. When my mental lows are being fed positively, I have a new energy. But we are part of healing is not only therapy, part of growing is not only therapy, part of, part of living life to the fullest is engaging with those who build instead of tear down, support instead of walk away when you need support the most, those who are working your brightest day and your darkest hours. And you as an individual have the same opportunity for we black men, in spite of what the media may say about us against how they how things are set up against us in this nation. We black men, when we take care of that mental, we are much stronger, we are much better for our families, we are much better for our loved ones. We learn how we can choose to love more freely. I struggle with receiving love. I'm working with how to receive it better. Giving it, I can give it. Because I feel it. Because it's easier for me to give it sometimes. And it ties directly to mental health and mental illness. You go to the Bible and you look at Christianity and Jesus and things he did with other people, according to the scriptures. People who were broken down mentally. He was a source of comfort for them. Did he heal everyone according to ancient texts? No. Something he said, like he did with a woman who they were about to stone. For a sinful act. He simply said your sin is forgiven you. 
They send people off to think of some religious context. But sin is simply missing the marker. Look at the ancient language. There's nothing greatly spiritual about it. It simply is about being imperfect. He acknowledged her imperfections. He called others to acknowledge their imperfections. He's, for he said, those without sin cast the first stone. Those without any kind of imperfection. Those who are perfect. You pass judgment on her. But I'm a perfect man, God in the flesh. I'm not passing judgment, so who are you? You pass judgment on her for the things she did which are directly related to her mental health. You really want to go back to it. Her mindset was related to what she was accused of doing. But mindset and mentality are all wrapped in one. We do not use our fullest minds, fullest power of the mind to the greatest degree. Studies have proven that. So therefore, all of us in one way or another was due to generational trauma. We are Challenged mentally. Even the greatest of minds, look at Einstein and the things he did. And gave us insights into was challenged. Look at Mozart. He was challenged mentally. Some of the greatest poets were challenged. Some of the greatest black speakers, James Baldwin and others, were challenged. Angelou was challenged from prostitute on the streets, mentally challenged to worldly acclaimed poet, author, speaker, actress. The scars that bind us, that we carry in our mental lobes and faculties, do not have to be the scars that imprison us forever. That's where the opportunity lies. So we face the scars, we face the damage, and we say, this is part of who I am. But this is not who I will be. I will live my life out to the fullest. For I have truly acknowledged that my life is about more than just living. My life is more, more than just surviving. So, I encourage you to click the link. It has within that website all sorts of resources for people of color. All sorts of information about the numbers. I said suffer mental illness. I really hate that word mental illness. It's really mental health. Uh, perhaps one day they will change the name of the organization, but right now it is what it is. Stand tall, stand firm. It's up to us as individuals. But until we address our mental health challenges, we will never live our life more fully. We will never love as completely as we can love. We will never be as free as we can be. We would never have the courage to stand up and push back against the systems that want to hold us down. The chains we now bear as black men are not necessarily the physical chains anymore. But a lot of these chains are mental chains passed down generationally. But yes, we have achieved a lot. We are growing a lot as a community of men. And we are standing tall, a lot of us. So that those who are standing help those who are not. If any of you are, if any Christian organization or religious institution, get the conversations going. Let the black church have a voice collectively. Not only at the polls voting for thing, those who will provide services of a greater level for us and others. In November, not only go through the voting polls, but also on the normal day-to-day -day level, your worship cultures, your conversations with each other. Let's have these conversations and, and, and produce out of them, hopefully, 
future generations of black men who are no longer enslaved by subliminal out front how you want to phrase it fears of any kind and definitely not the fear of seeking out help for the healing and the empowerment the empowerment of your, our minds to learn how to think different so we can learn different and love differently and yes I am a loving father and a loving grandfather who acknowledges at times it's hard for me to love freely because of the mental scars and challenges I still face. Let's not be any or any level preconditioned to fail, as I talked about in the very first podcast episode. Let's recondition our minds, our hearts, our spirits, our psyches, so we can embrace each and every opportunity that comes our way. Please support this podcast by following it, subscribing to it, clicking the cash app associated with the link. Um, if you like to have a shout out given on this podcast, I'll open the shout outs. Uh, hit me up one of my emails. If us normal fee, send my major cash app or some other payment platform, I'll give you a shout out. That's the only information you will get related to this episode. Thank you for listening.